Well, hello and welcome to Audionautic Deep Space Network, episode 41. This is our weekly music production, technology, and marketing podcast. Today, we're talking about iOS synths, low-cost analog gear, and we'll be taking a deep dive, well, I guess actually two deep dives separately, into the stem splitting and sound design capabilities of Hit and Mix's new RipX Deep Create. My name is Sun Warper, and with me today is my Audionautic co-pilot, Curtis. How are you, my friend? I'm good, mate. It's bloody cold here, but I'm good. Uh, very nice. Can't it's complain. cold here too, man. I feel you. What have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> Mainly been listening back to the masters that you've been making. Yeah, going through. We're all well, done this now, could be embarrassing, but uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, if anyone wants to get any ma- mastering done, go see some more. Oh, well, excellent. thank yeah. you. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten your finished thoughts yet, so we could do it live right now. We Let me do know. it live right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I, I love them all. We, there was a couple that we've gone back and forth on, and I think there might be one where I overcorrected the strings, and now you can't hear them enough. Oh, uh, no. I'm still I'm in an eye on that one. I know how that but, happens. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, it's awesome. It's great. It's nice to see it all come together, kind of like I've put them all in a put them on a playlist listening through just keep looping through them all yeah creating the rest of the story it's nice to see the whole thing kind of like come together properly you know what i mean and it's nice to finally have it done right yeah yeah, yeah like yeah, it's yeah. one it's... thing when you finish the mix and stuff but there's still that oh i'm gonna get the masters back and if i need to change it i have to open these files again the projects and all that but it's like now you can be like i'm done other than the <laughs> one with the strings too low i guess you gotta go yeah, yeah. and fix we'll that do that I was the one I did, and then I over. They were too hot, and then they overcorrected. But yeah, so we'll see. Uh, but it's fine. It's good. It's nice to because now this is the bit where it's the album itself. It's always like a it's a figment of your imagination, and then you get the full kind of shebang, the whole process together, and that's where you can finish off writing the narrative, which is kind of the way the reason why I do this. You know, so it's putting the tracks in order, telling the story. You know, figuring out the final little aspects of the story. It's good yeah, fun. Oh, yeah, much good fun. So yeah. That's what I've been doing. What about you? What have I been doing? Well, busy. I was I was mastering your album, but that is mostly done, I suppose. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. What else? Been tinkering with Deep Create, which has been a lot of fun. And then mm-hmm. um, some SP work, of course. I of course. don't know if I'm going to have a YouTube video up this week on my channel. I was hoping to get a finished version of what we did for the Deep Create up for tomorrow, but... Life's a little busy at the moment, so I think yeah. that'll go up Tuesday. So uh, that is what it is. We'll see. But um, that, and then the next thing that I'm planning before I really start working on my next album fully, I want to do a massive sound design, like number of sessions where I put a bunch of different drums, synths, one shots, samples, stuff like that into my SP and into the DAW so that I can just kind of create this sonic world to draw from whenever I need to. So just like a data bank where you can, they've got over there and you just, you're, uh, what's it, like a, like a massive stock take kind of thing. They're all there yeah. ready to go and then you'll sort it for a while. Exactly. Yeah. I've never done that. And I always like when I'm doing drums, I always have to just sort through all the drums, like either, you know, that Logic has or that I've made or something. But I want to have everything kind of like little separated ideas of like, oh, these are drums that I would want for Synthwave or something, you know, and have like a bunch of kicks, a bunch of snares. And I even want to do like just play guitar and make some loops and play piano and make some loops. And then I could always just like throw that loop and resample it and chop it up and do stuff with it. Kind of like if you were getting a sample or something. So it's just to change the way I work, which I think will tie in much later in the episode to uh, what we're going to talk about in the round robin. 
Yeah. I, yeah. I should also add, we're live. Uh, everyone in the chat, how's it going? What have you been up to this week? Thanks for joining us. If you want to hit that little like button, it helps a ton. If you're listening back, leave a comment. What have you been up to this week? It's nice, it's nice to see everyone in the chat. Bendu, Shady, Survey Channel. Lovely. Thank you ever so much for joining us, especially during the day over in the States. It's always nice. Spending their lunch breaks with us, it's always handy. What have you guys been up to? This show is brought to us by our patrons. Shady is a patron. Uh, Bendu is a patron. And they allow us to do more of this um, we really appreciate it so if you watching back or listening live if you're vibing the, with the stuff that we're making these days and in the, in the weeks consider going over to patreon.com slash audionautic and becoming a patron it starts at two dollars you get early access to certain stuff you get special editions you get video versions of our binary stars for example and, uh, extended, orbits. and extended orbits yes very much so and um, of course our new star stream hangouts over on discord yeah, which is always very fun, which is this Sunday, patrons, just in case you're there. We're going, we're going on Sunday, which is uh, 8 p.m. my time, which is 11 a.m. Pacific, same time as the show. Look at you, Mr. Worldwide yeah. over here. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's where it's got to be done. Uh, yeah, we're going to be on our Discord channel in the Patreon section, just having a chat, seeing what we're all up to before we all go away for the winter, winter break and the winter holidays. Yeah, and then we've also been doing, after our weekly scheduling meets on mondays at uh, 10 a.m my time we've been hopping in the just discord voice chat that's open for everyone over on our discord channel for about 20 30 minutes this week we were talking about ethical implications and the morality of ai artwork and things like that it got a little heady but uh it was interesting so if you ever want to talk we we don't just talk about that kind of stuff we just talk music what we're up to all that stuff so feel free to head to the discord it's in the description if you want to check it out Always fun to see, uh, have people there and just see what's been going on. For example, some of and I chat a lot about business and the day-to-day runnings of things, but it's nice to actually just find out what's going on in each other's lives. So it's yeah. good fun as ever. So we start with the news. Should we start with the copperhead? Should we start with the copperhead? I think we should, yeah, because you put this one in this morning and I didn't have a chance to look at it. But you know, I'm really getting into iOS apps for music making. Yeah. So I saw that and was like, you know... I can't wait to see this. So yeah. enlighten me, please. Cool. So yeah, this is a new iOS synth, as I said. So you can get it on an iPad or you get it on uh, an iPhone. It's from Four Pockets. They've tried to create a retro synth style, something for the 80s. So again, if you're into your synth wave, for example, or if you generally like retro sounds, it's probably an app for you. It's got 16-note polyphony. It's got seven oscillator wave types, a sub-oscillator. So it's a bit like Serum in that front. Very nice. It's got six types of v, uh, VCF filter, um, audio gate, inbuilt compressor, chorus, delay, overdrive, reverb, and a 32-step yeah. arpeggiator. What doesn't what it I have? Bloody well like. <laughs> what doesn't it have? Exactly. And this is, and I tell you what, you're going to love the price. You're going to love the price. $12. Man, that's crazy. $12. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. So much in such a little box, and it does sound pretty cool. So I'm going to bring up the clip I found on YouTube just so you guys can hear it, what's going on here. As far as soft synths go, this is bloody nice. Wow. Yeah, wonderful, isn't it? Absolutely. Just magic. I'll skip ahead a little bit. Hey, hey, come here, come here, come here. Ah. Okay. Yeah, very much so. As you can see, very touchability, very nice coming through. Uh, lots of really cool stuff. Um, yeah, just twelve dollars. Very much. Tone it down. Say that last bit again. Sorry, it was a little loud. 
Oh, so for $12, uh, it's an absolute workhorse. There's so yeah. many presets in here. Um, and you connect it through MIDI keyboard, and you're sorted. Yeah. Nice, yeah. And then it's you can run it into Koala, and you've got a synth you need. Yeah, that's all you need, you've right? Got to. You've got to, yeah, <laughs> completely and utterly. Yeah, completely. Um, so, yeah, that is a nice little... Uh, Do you have an of... iPhone? I don't. I did have an iPhone, then I sold it. Um, I'm, I'm always on Android. But I um, every day I'm considering going back and getting an iPad, I think. Yeah. An iPad. Mm. There's more coming out for iOS. I do have the flip sampler because I used to have an iPhone mm-hmm. back in the like back in the day. So I do have the flip sampler sitting there. I've got the uh, Korg uh, soft synths as well on nice. Apple, yeah. on the Apple Store. Thinking about it, but I mean, yeah, you, you use probably, it quite a lot, don't you? I do. Well, now I'm using it a lot, and then I, I use the phones to film all my YouTube video. I have an old phone and then my current one, and then I have my iPad either to run Paul Stretch or Koala. And now I'm looking at just having a visualizer running on it that like senses cool. the sound and it makes the visualizer based on the sound. So while the video is being made, you have like a visualizer just chilling right next to the SP or something like that. So yeah, it's really going cool. forward to the whole AV situation here. <laughs> trying to man. Yeah, I learned yeah. keyframes yes, like a week <laughs> or two ago and I was like, Whoa. There, we, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Um, Quickly in the chat, Survey Channel says he's he. How the heck is everyone else? He's well. Um, it seems to be that way. Uh, it's nice to see people coming in the chat and doing their thing. Yeah. Does anybody? So that, but sorry to cut you off. But does no, anybody but... use or are are looking into using their iPad or their iPhone or any phone, anything like that, uh, for music making? Like, there's some really cool. I have a Moog synth on my iPad. That's I think the Model D or something. I mean, it's like crazy how good it sounds, and mm. I love Koala. So yeah it's more and more i think as they become more powerful because once upon a time ipads were not the most powerful things in the world but as the technology is catching up you can do more and more they're becoming more flexible and there's so much more you can do with them with the yeah itself a little dongle and you know the sky's the limit it is good fun yeah. it's good yeah, fun definitely. um so yeah very much so but it's not all about the software it's also about hardware sometimes um of course what, it's always if, about hardware <laughs> it's always about hardware what did you find coming out of behringer well this one was pretty awesome because we had just talked about a couple of very high priced i guess we could call them luxury synths that were mm. six voices of analog synth goodness and they did sound great or do sound great but um behringer just put out the pro 800 which is a clone of the profit 800 and it's eight voice analog polysynth, six hundred bucks. I oh, that's not bad at all. That is yeah. It? Now you know it's it's Behringer, it's a clone, it's all that stuff. We're not here to debate the merits of those awesome Oberheims and sequential synths. I love them. I just saw this and was like, well, here's something we can talk about. That's like, hey, you know, this is pretty cheap for what it's offering. Eight voices of polyphony, two VCOs per voice, up to four hundred presets. Full MIDI CC control, USB MIDI connectivity, dual polyphonic sequencer, dedicated LFO with six wave shapes, and a VCA overdrive. 599 shipping in April 2023. Yeah, so I'm just stealing what we got off the docket, yeah. Well, that's I mean... what I was reading off of. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I mean, that's an insane amount for very little, which Behringer are obviously kind of famous for. They make their clones, and sometimes they're a bit dodgy. We were talking on, on air. We've both had Behringer mixes before, which have died on us. But... <laughs> The synthesizers, despite the whole cloning thing, seem to be all right. Now, 
600 quid for a voice for listening. Do you want to hear some sounds before we Yeah, I do. It? But before yeah. we do that, in the chat, Survey Channel said that he's been messing around with Koala. Nice, yeah. Yeah. I, I love... I've been falling in love with Koala. And then he also said, as well as DSN20 on the 3DS. And I was like, wait, the Nintendo 3DS? And yeah, there's a music app on the 3DS. That's crazy. I know there was like Core Gadget on the Switch, which is mm. also an iOS app and stuff. But I didn't know the 3DS has one. Oh, he says it's a Korg thing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I guess they're on top of the Nintendo UI or something to make those. Um, but I know Korg Gadget on the Switch is pretty cool. I'd like to check that out. I'd like to check that out. More portability, more of it, just mixing it up, trying to find different ways of making music coming through. Now you can do it on a 3DS. The, yeah. yeah on, <laughs> well, on I think Switch, you can, so. you've been able to do it on the you've 3DS You've been able to. I just so first like, opened it, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty crazy, yeah. That's cool. I want to see more of that. You know, Nintendo might reach out to us at some point. It'd be quite fun to <laughs> yeah. see. <laughs> Give us a, what? 10-year-old piece of hardware, the 3DS, yeah, or even older? I don't know. Why not? You know, it's fitting for our station right about now. <laughs> yeah. Well, back to uh, lower-cost analog synth goodness. Let's go back to the Pro 800. So you want to play yeah. some sounds for that? Yeah, yeah. So we've got some sound examples here. Looking lovely, looking lush, looking pretty as it is. Yeah, it's a desktop. Um, so you can also put it, I think they said, in your modular setup and things like that. It makes sense. So yeah, here, without much further ado. option like this come up for polyphonic synth i mean there's the mini log which i love and will always sing the praises of uh but it's four voices and like we've always talked about oh you know like i even said last episode that eight voices is what i need in a synth you know when it comes to a hardware synth that's like like the profit eight that's what i want yeah. And then it's like, here's the Pro 800. It's eight voices, 600 bucks. I was like, oh, man, like, oh, don't yeah. do this to me. <laughs> and the weight of my heart is lush analog pads with just a little glide on it. And that sound demo was like right there. I was yeah. like, oh, man. It's not, it's, I mean, there's uh, what, what, okay, so, uh, there's not much you can say against it for so, for so much, for so little, especially like you say, we've been looking at five grand since, three grand since, you know, that kind of thing, where that's in a whole different bracket behringer coming in here and just it just opens up so many gateways for the producer because there's just such a low barrier to entry you don't have to you can really get and learn from it as well not just like not you it's a easy access because it's like 600 bucks like you say and you can learn from it and you can grow and you can twist these knobs and turn these uh, filter notches and stuff like that and then absolutely learn your craft it's it's wonderful what they're doing yeah, and that's one of the things when we were talking a couple weeks ago about one of these more higher-end synths is that a lot of the, those synth companies don't make like a lower-end alternative. Mm. And they don't need to, but there's a market for it. And um, it's like Behringer has that. I mean, there's obvious, there's things with Behringer that, uh, you know, they're a bit controversial. And then I know there was that, as I mentioned, like some sort of copyright drama with those clones since they were doing and stuff but i haven't seen anything more of that so i don't know but just this low barrier of entry for eight voice analog synth is something i think is awesome and that should be commended in that way 
uh, over in the chat, Tate Williams said, I'm big on synths. And Survey Channel says, would not mind one of those to replace my Pro 1. Yeah, I, I remember you had that. And I was still thinking about getting one of those. And then I saw the Pro 800 and was like, ooh, polyphony, eight voice poly. I do have a question for the chat, though. Is a lower price point something that might persuade some of you to get into hardware or getting a hardware poly synth? Because I know we have a few people like Hydro Fighter, who's not the biggest fan of mm external hardware gear and i'm just curious if something like this that offers a lot of a lot for the price is that something that would persuade you in that way yeah, it'd be nice to see i mean we we both love our hardware there's always room to buy more hardware as far as i'm concerned i mean <laughs> whether the wallet agrees is a different story but there is always room yeah and this exactly. one doesn't take up much space because it's desktop uh, so hey uh, i mean I'm, I'm sure even eon lake who's uh filled to the rafters right now could find a little corner on his desk oh somewhere. i bet he already pre-ordered it i bet it, yeah he probably already bought it it's probably why he's not with this one today because he's standing in, <laughs> in the queue to go pick it up or something yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah we miss you eon lake <laughs> we do we do christmas time is getting uh to family time and that's where it's always going to be uh does the behringer pro speak to you does that kind of 600 pound uh 600 price bracket is that something you'd be interested in let us know either in the chat or later on in the comments if you're watching back or if you're on spotify which is where you can also grab our broadcast now on spotify and on apple Podcasts. we can put a question there as well yeah. let us know that's yeah, we've got video edited video podcasts over on Spotify because they now allow video and then the edited audio is also up on Apple Podcasts and every other podcast platform. So wherever you listen, if you listen, uh, you can tune in there if you want to check it out. And over in the chat, Tate Williams said absolutely about whether the low price would be a uh, reason to grab it. He said frugal, frugal friend over mm -hmm. here. <laughs> With you there. With yeah, you there, right there with yeah. you. Very much so. Uh, give us everything for nothing. And uh, <laughs> now, give it to us now. Uh, very much. Uh, so, yes, uh, that is what we've got in terms of gear. Uh, we've got one more piece before we move across. We are doing a deep dive on the Ripex uh, Deep Create. But before then, uh, you have a little bit on uh, daily playlists. Yeah, so this was brought to us by Andrew, uh, who curates the soundtrack for playlists really great play, uh, playlist you can check them out i'll put a link in the comments later uh, after the episode ends they're awesome but uh we always talk about playlist curation and he had mentioned oh have you heard the news about daily playlists i said no <laughs> no i haven't and he said oh they're they're introing premium submissions uh, they're doing this like whole change up so it's kind of like their way of um competing to a degree with submit hub but also it sounds like they're trying to get more quality placements rather than just like you know it, oh check every playlist that has the setting as you know a chill or lo-fi or something like that so do you can you share the email uh i can uh if i could just bring it up hang on <laughs> well I'll, I'll just read a little bit but while you do that uh so yeah. they're saying premium submissions will be a paid form of submissions which guarantees artists feedback on their campaigns while curators qualify through strict quality control measures to receive premium submissions Curators receiving premium submissions are entitled to a revenue share, therefore will have a high standard for curators, which will enable high quality campaigns with results. The beta mm -hmm. is launching in January 2023 with certain curators who have been working directly with Daily Playlists, helping them shape tools which enable quality curators while providing better results for artists. So it's a paid submission and just like SubmitHub, the curator will get a percentage of the submission. So kind of cool for curators. Um, it sounds like they're they're going to be a little more strict, as I was saying. Like on daily playlist now, you can just go and search a genre and just submit to all of them. You get I think twenty five free submissions 
every couple days or something like that. Um, so, oh, have you found it? I have, uh, but okay. it was on the other account. And so I had to just email it to our own account <laughs> uh, to get through. You so have way too saying. many accounts, man. <laughs> it's, the audio, it's the audio Nautic one because we're streaming audio Nautic. Yeah. But here we go. Yeah, I can bring it up now. Um, so uh, we bring this one up here. So I, I read all that pretty much. Mm -hmm. uh, you can apply if you're a curator. They're taking submissions for, or applications, I should say. Looks like they're going to be doing a live AMA. Is that today? I don't even know uh, what day it is December, anymore. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. There we go. Tomorrow at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. I won't be around, so I won't be able to check that out. But um, if anybody does watch it, let us know uh, what they're saying. You can head over to our Discord and let us know. So, yeah, they're taking applications. So I was just curious. I mean, we talk about playlists and things like that. And there's free versions like Daily Playlist was free, Soundplay's free. And then there's SubmitHub and ones like that. I think there's another new one that I'm forgetting the name of, but where you can pay, you get credits, and then you can submit. So I was just curious for the chat, do, have any of you used SubmitHub or other paid playlist sites? And um, do you find it's worth it compared to the free submission pages like the current daily playlist and Soundplate, or even just networking directly on social media or anywhere else with the curators? Mm. And I'd, be, yeah. I'd love to get your take as well, Curtis. Oh, it's me. Yeah. Uh, the... I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you never know these days. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I use, there's always a bit, I always put every release, I always put a bit of money aside for things like SubmitHub. Um, I've seen over time that, that submissions cost more and more credits, therefore they cost more and more money. So each time your spread goes out. So in this kind of premium coming through uh, on here, that makes me feel like a little bit democratization might be a way if submit hub has always been like the, the the leading playlist submission place and therefore that's where the money has gone but if you're bringing in a competitor something that can work hopefully perhaps we might be able to see a bit more kind of leniency should we say or a return to making it more accessible to those who perhaps only have budgets of five ten dollars that kind of thing that's an interesting point and just uh another competitor is never a bad thing in terms of no. maybe updates to the websites and things like that in the chat tate says should i submit my playlist on spotify so yeah if you have a playlist on spotify you mm. can get it on daily playlists as it exists currently and this will remain it sounds like they're still going to have these free options and things like that but to get your playlist on daily playlist you just have to have i think 100 followers on the playlist and then you can apply and it sets it up i think you have to link your Spotify account or something, and then people can send submissions to it. You set the genre and things like that. So if you have a hundred followers on a playlist, it's not a bad idea to put it on. It doesn't cost anything to get it in that free version of daily playlist. So yeah, I would say if you meet their metrics, check it out. It's uh, I believe the website's dailyplaylist.com. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's Soundplate is another one that's free, but to get your playlist on it, I think it's a $15 fee or you can get on a wait list and at some point if they have an opening or something they'll let you in for free so unless that's changed it's been a while on soundplate yeah. so yeah but yeah i would definitely get your playlist on there if you've got the metrics yeah, I, th I think it's always a way to go forward especially if if it's something that we've we found a bit of success we've, we've found quite a bit of success with it for our audio nautic radio playlist uh which you just did an update the other day right yeah i did i did i'm trying to update 
more frequently and then do a big post about it once a week. Mm. But yeah, if you want, it's the latest in independent, chilled out electronic music. Uh, I try to update it quite frequently. So if you want to submit anything, just send it to either the Audionautic Twitter or my Twitter or Instagram at Sunwarper. Um, and I'll give it a listen and try to fit it in. It's mostly chill music. At the moment, the current iteration is a little, is a little more boom bap and beat driven because that's what I've been listening to a lot lately. But uh, we still get the drum and bass from Curtis over here uh, and some other cool sounds. But there's a lot of ambient. There's synth wave. A lot of IDM. I mean, all kinds. Yeah, a lot of IDM. So mm. if you've got something in that chilled out atmosphere of electronic music, send it over. There's yeah. even guitar stuff. So. Not band um, stuff, but guitar stuff, like guitar ambient stuff. guitar stuff. <laughs> yeah, and we found success like putting it through there, and it is a way to go. And if it's something that you want to uh, to produce and push forward, and it's something you believe in, it's never a bad idea to put it up on these yeah. things and get it done. And just to that point about daily playlists and the quality of submissions, like I've noticed, we'll get some submissions where it's like straight up rock or metal music. And none of the genres I've set are that, right? So it just happens where, you know, maybe they hit like down tempo because, you know, genres are kind of, it's like different subjective. They're for every, different for everyone. So um, I think this is kind of a way to combat that sort of like mix up in genre terms and things like that with these premium submissions. And you're, you have to give feedback as a curator to the person submitting in that way. I mean that's good. It sounds good. I mean the 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 feedback option on Submit Hub as it is is always a very nice thing to do. Um, and so if they're bringing that in a bit more back and forth, again community building and building a relationship between playlister and the playlistee. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious to see how they're going to do the whole chat system, like the feedback mm. system. Is it just in an email like it is with Daily Playlist now, or are they going to build a chat? Because I I do like that in Submit Hub. When you submit and you get approved, it opens a chat with that curator and like their feedback is there. And if you respond, they'll most likely respond to you. So yeah. it's just a cool little networking thing there too. Yeah. Let us know how you get on. Uh, I'd be curious to see. Um, and yeah, that's what's coming out of daily playlists. Yeah. Um, so we'll meander uh, through to our deep dive, which uh, we, have, we, have, we had a deep dive a couple of weeks ago with Bliss. Uh, and then now Hit and Mix came up to us a couple of weeks ago and they said, hey, going to check out this new RipX application, which they have created. Yeah, specifically uh, the Deep Create. It's wonderful. They sent us a couple of codes and we kind of got down and had a, had a look through. So they sent it to us, but they haven't said anything about what we say, but we have uh, said what we want to say about the whole situation. So we've got two videos coming up about what this is. I'm unsure about what we'd still call it. It's not a DAW. It's not a, it's not a sampling machine. It's a bit of everything. Yeah, it it uh, it can do a lot. It's um, I mean, it kind of is a DAW to a degree, a DAW, but uh, it's really sample manipulation, sound design, mm. and some. You'll see. I mean, it's got some crazy sound design yeah. built into it. So we're going to see two videos. One, I had a little bit of an overview, and I looked at using audio and then converting it into MIDI, and then some Warper looked at ripping out stems and remixing and basically creating new sounds from old sounds. Yeah. Uh, so, I, he, I, I woke up to a very exciting message from him this morning. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Yeah. So I think what we'll do is we'll show your video. We'll talk about it and then we'll switch to mine because they're pretty different in context. And then I want to give, yeah, like you said, a little preamble about what was so exciting in mine. But yeah, let's let's go to yours first. So a few weeks ago, Hit and Mix, when they reached out to Sun Warper and I to introduce us to their new RipX application, 
The instant thought in my mind was, what sets this apart from other DAWs or other music apps? What's going to make me use this over Ableton, which is my first love? Uh, and after a bit of playing around, um, what really struck me was the amazing ability that it has to use both MIDI and audio and manipulate them in the same way. You can manipulate audio as if it was MIDI and MIDI as if it was audio. And this is really cool. This is really interesting. So I wanted to play around with it, show you what we're gonna, what we can do with it. And um, so we're going to use this microphone here, just this little standard microphone. And we're going to create a bass line using my voice, convert it into MIDI, and then use a preset bass to turn it into a proper bass line. So let's take a look. So now that we are in RipX itself, you can see that has a fairly standard layout. We've got the piano roll in the middle. We've got our inputs or our layers on the left-hand side. This is how we build our stems. We have our inputs for selecting them. And over on the right-hand side, as you can see, we've got how we manipulate the sounds that we put into RipX itself. So uh, I'm going to start by making a loop. Uh, it's always a good place to start by making a loop just at the top here. Just drag that across like that. As you can see, this white line here, I've just put in a standard loop, uh, drum loop. It's from Ripex himself. You can add your own uh, drum loops if you wanted to, but I'm just playing around with the stocks. So let's listen to it. Nothing to write home about, just a standard four bar, uh, four four uh, drum beat. And yeah, we're just going to add to this. So we're going to come over to our layers section. We're going to hit add and we're going to come down to bass. Uh, we're going to select our input for bass, which in this case is the audio box USB, because that's where this mic is going into. We're going to make sure it's selected and we're going to come to the front of the loop itself and just hit record. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Cool. So, and we have a bass line of my voice, which is going to suck. We're just going to play around the quantization. Do. Just make sure everything's on. The beginning do. parts are on what they should be. Do. Cool. So let's try listen to this now. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Okay, that's my voice, which is pretty terrible, but we do have a bass line, which is quite interesting. Just gonna delete the stuff we don't need. Do 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 malleable I think is the word we're going to flatten some of the pitch just to get some of the warbles out we're going to quantize the pitch as well just to make it a little bit more even spread do, and you can do this do, live do, do, do. Do, 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 so we have it there. Do. So now that we have our MIDI line 
slash audio line basically now we have our baseline now is our chance to make it more of a baseline because it's still very much my voice so that's what we're going to do here we're going to come across to this sound and time bar over here now you'll see that this is a slider uh, which is very nice and very lovely and it means that you can blend the sound so if you wanted you could have some of the original input and then cross it with some of the VST bass uh, but yeah and there's no reason for you to need to duplicate anything or anything else it's just there ready to go really nice feature now in this instance we want the whole of the bass we don't want any of my voice that's for best practice trust me um, and what we're going to do I'm just going to put that back there we go put that there um, we're going to put that there and we're just going to hear what it sounds like so cool all right so we now we can go into the intricacies it's sounding a lot more like a bass but there's a few bits that are still sound a bit more digital so we're just going to go into individual notes and we're just going to play with the slide in some of these cases just to kind of connect them up a little bit more just so they're not so input like that there we go so for this guy here Just slide him up a little bit as well so yeah as you can see fairly simple really good way to call it again just flip something on its head using your voice turning it into a VST now I used a bass uh, VST from the stock bank here in ripex but you can import your own sounds if you wanted to if you have the native access for example you can import that and use massive if you wanted to or anything to that matter uh, the point is that the flexibility is there and you can do it so yeah hope that's been interesting for you and yeah see you next time may i just apologize to everyone who had to listen to me singing thank you for <laughs> i don't know man. I, I think you've got an acapella <laughs> career ahead of you we'll see what's going on. if i stick a load of valhalla reverb on it we'll be Ooh, all right or um, throw the acapellas in deep create and just oh, do yeah. whatever you want with it very much so yeah it's that's what i really liked about it it's the idea that you if you don't necessarily know what how to play bass or if you know what the key you're in or anything like that you can just sing it into a mic and it will pick it up for you and then you can manipulate that midi and, yeah, then... and it has a detect scale and uh it detects the bpm so you could figure out what scale you're in too if you're just like singing completely i mean um, one of the it... cool things that we were talking about while that video was playing is the apart fact... from how to spell acapella well yeah that took a couple <laughs> minutes but we got there don't worry we got there but um the fact that like i always have issue with midi orchestral sounds right you know you add mm -hmm. the the automation to make it sound a little more human in the slides but i play guitar so theoretically i could play a guitar part put it in deep create and then up the cello to 100 percent, and i'd have a mm. cello with the slides and the human imperfections that I would want. And I just think mm -hmm. that's really cool. What do you think? Are you going to throw it in some sounds, throw some sounds into your music? Yeah, I think so. I think we're talking around Robin later about flipping our workflow. I always, I, I always come from a basis of chords. I tend to just kind of write the chord progression first. And the idea of not having anything like that, not having a tempo, not having a key signature, anything, just kind of like humming whatever's coming out of my brain and then converting that i want to what i want to do is put native access vsts in there which you can do yeah and then just kind of upgrade and go your sounds from there it's it's in terms of flipping my workflow which is what i'm about at the moment um 
it's just it's a very good way of doing it yeah what i haven't done is what you have spent your time doing on yeah. so tell us tell us more about before we get into it tell us what you so this i think is the most for me promising part of deep create and just even ai stem splitting in general it's just stem splitting you can take a song or a track or anything like that and put it in even koala has a stem splitter but it splits the stems of the track so you'll get the drums you'll get the guitar you'll get the bass so what i did was i threw my song farther into it and then i split all the sounds into layers and then i just found a couple of sounds individually like soloed layers and made some samples out of it did some repitching and things like that threw it in the sp and made a quick little track so the video is going to start with like a quick example of the track i made i'm going to flesh it out for my video that on my channel that's going to come out i think on tuesday uh so if you like what you see and want to see more you can head over there to check it out when it comes out but um it's pretty crazy so do you want to check it out yeah let's go to it all right here let's we go, go. Hey friends, Sunwarper here, and in today's video, we're gonna take a look at Hit and Mix's new Deep Create. And one of the most awesome parts of this program is that you can put in a full track or any kind of audio, and it will split it by stem and separate them into layers. So today we're gonna take a track of mine called Farther, and we're going to separate them, find some interesting sounds inside the stems, and then do some effects within Deep Create, because there's a ton of really cool effects then we'll throw whatever we create into the SP and make some music. So what I find so fascinating about this program is you basically have a cheat code for creating new samples from anything, tracks you've already done, sounds you've created, anything like that. But what's so powerful about it is you can take these ideas and separate them into layers and just choose one part of it and then treat it with changing pitch, format filters or reverb delay, anything like that within this program. And then you have these new samples that sound nothing like what the origin was. So it's a really interesting way to just introduce new sounds if you're feeling stuck creatively or looking to expand your horizons in terms of sound design and things like that. So with all that out of the way, let's take a look. We'll move in the song and then we'll see what we can create. All right, so I just loaded in a song and here you can see you can separate it by voice, bass, other sounds and instruments drums and percussion, and then you can save the stems. So we're gonna hit rip, and now you can see up on the left that it is splitting the stems, and it's gonna take about four minutes. I'll cut all that waiting time out, so I will see you in a second. Okay, so we've got the track split up. You can see all of the stems here. It shows audio and MIDI. So you can hear it's actually separated even the pad into the individual note. That's the original opening chord, but you can just play individual notes from that chord. So let's solo the percussion and see what we got going on. Let's hear what the kick sounds like.
So some pretty cool kick sounds. We could even bounce those out and use those for some of the sounds that we're going to use on the SP. The main thing that I want to look at is this voice. So let's check it out. So here's my singer. So I want to see... In the chorus... Oh, I like that. So in the chorus, we've got this really interesting looped vocal, but in separating the stem, it's mixing a little bit with the synths when the stems were separated. And so it created this very ethereal, otherworldly sound that's, I mean, you tell me, but it sounds kind of like a human voice, but more synthetic. And I think that might be what we're going to use. And we're going to set a loop. You just hit L on the keyboard and you see this blue line. That's your loop. All right. So the first thing that I think I'm going to do, there's a lot of pitch variation. So I'm going to flatten the pitch a little bit. Alright, so we're going to add a little cello to it. And then I think we're going to put some delay. Let's get a little reverb maybe. Just a little. Alright, so we're going to export the loop. And I'm just going to do just the loop. Single file, because that's all we're doing. All right, and then we'll just hit export. Let's check out what the guitar has to offer. Let's go to that first section. Let's take that first chord progression and we'll loop it. like that octave up. So I think those are the two loops that I want to move into the SP. So we're going to move those into the SP and then see what we can create from there. Okay, so I've got the two stems moved onto my SP. So here's the first one. And here's the synth. So now what I'm thinking is I've got some 808s here. So I'm thinking we'll just put in some drums with the pattern. So the first thing that I want to do is pitch this down and then the next thing that I want to do is chop this up so I'm gonna go here and chop now let's see what happens if I do auto mark let's do time division four all 
right, so I think we've got something there. If you wanna see the rest of this video, I'll be posting it on my channel, at Sunwarper, if you wanna check it out, and I will have a more fleshed out beat, but this is a pretty good starter. So just to show you, we haven't even touched this other sample from the strings. Well, synth, really. But so we took this and made some sounds. So I think to further it, what I wanna do is add some bass and things like that. But this is just a quick look at Deep Create and how you can create some awesome samples from any sound you can think of, other songs, previous songs you've made. If you've got a song that you're just not feeling to finish, try throwing it in Deep Create and see maybe splitting the stems and then doing all these crazy additional sounds and reverbs and things like that. You'd be surprised what you can create. So thanks for watching and back to the show. Well, I mean, okay, all right. So you can take something, split it up, and you've got audio MIDI all playing at once. You can manipulate the hell out of it and create something new. There's so much you can do here. There is a lot so much you can do here. You look, sounded like you had a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I feel like I barely scratched the surface, but just in terms of that st uh, sample splitting, creating these stems and then doing all these effects to it, adding like adding the strings on top of the vocal chops was really cool and adding the octaves at a lower level and then just throwing in the SP, changing the pitch and chopping it and making something that sounds nothing like the original song. That's mm -hmm. a great way. And that's kind of that thing that Eon Lake always talks about, remixing a song that's not even released. You yeah. know, when you're just creatively in a rut and you need something, it's like, well, if you've got an idea, just throw that idea, split the stems and go from there. And the power really of the app is the fact that you can do all this other changes. Like you did it a little bit, but you can quantize the audio that's also MIDI at the same time. You can quantize it and move it around so you can change arpeggios into chords or anything like that and then stretch them out and do all it's just like it's so intricate and with that intricacy comes a bit of a learning curve so there is a bit of a learning curve to it yeah and i think it's not like uh it's not like something that you're gonna get instant gratification out of and it can i look at the ui and it, there, there could be a bit of work done on the ui and kind of the workflow of it itself but once you get past you understand that how it works and how it's centered it's a very powerful tool it is a very powerful tool and there's a lot that can be done there. Question is, are you going to add it to your repertoire? I think so. It's it's pretty crazy. I think I I had know enough about it to do kind of what I want it, like want from it, but I'd have to spend a, a little more time learning to really mm -hmm. expand on it, moving things around and stuff like that, but I do think it will make its way in cuz it's just it's just another tool in the toolbox, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't think I'll always use it, but if I'm short on ideas or if I want to try something new or figure out a new chord progression that I don't normally think of. Take one of my old songs and move it around or something like that. I think there's a lot of uh, merit there. There is a lot to be, there's a lot to be done and we've only barely scratched the surface. Yeah. The guys at Hit and Mix are continuously updating it and they're continuously bug fixing, which is always very nice. Very friendly people. Yeah, I should say that, so the Rip X without Deep Create, I think is about a hundred bucks. The one that comes with Deep Create is 198, and um, Curtis, you can put a link in the chat, and then I'll put one in the description if you're watching this back, or if you're watching this on a podcast platform, it will be in the description. Very much. I so. believe there's a 21 day trial as well if you yeah. want to check it out. It's worth checking out for sure, and we really appreciate them sending it over. We had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, thank you for that. Very very much. Thank you for that. So I'm getting the link to put in the chat for everyone, and it's very much worth your time. Uh, if you want to give it a check out and 
yeah, we talk, like I said, we're talking about flipping our workflows and trying something new. It's a very good way of doing that. So yeah, go check it out. So yeah, that was our deep dive, and we'd like to know what you guys think. Let us know. But before anything else, let's move on to the marketing, shall we? Yeah, uh, really quick in the chat, Tate had asked, what does the SP stand for? So SP is, as Survey Channel said, it's the SP404. It's a sampler from Roland. It's that little hardware I was using to play the song at the beginning and at the end of the video. Uh, it's a really cool hardware sampler. You can put, what I like about it is you can put long samples in. It doesn't have to just be each pad is only two seconds worth of audio. So you can put full tracks in it. A lot of lo-fi and boom bat producers use it. It's similar to like an MPC, if you're familiar with that tape. But um, I think SP in the name actually just stands for sampler. But correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, if you know that. I'd like to know. Uh, it's a very popular. Uh, Sun Wolf has one. Eon Lake has one. I oh, I think one. it's sample player, actually. Sorry. Sample player. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> Samuel does a lot of it on his YouTube channel, if you want to go and check it out. He does a lot with it. It's yeah, and I'll be cool fleshing YouTube. that track that I made out over there on Tuesday, so. Cool. Well, there we go. Um, so, uh, Instagram. What's going on in the Instagram world, Samuel? Yeah, so just a quick little bit. Um, they did introduce another thing that I, I wasn't actually going to talk about, but we can after this. But so, first and foremost, they came out with this new, what they're calling a transparency tool. And what it really means is just you can find out if you have any posts that are affecting your reach in terms of the algorithm, explore pages, um, searches, and things like that. Do you wanna share that clip I put from Adam Masseri? This is the Instagram head, Adam Masseri, and he's talking about the rollout of this new thing. Yeah, so let me just bring this up so we can see uh, in a little bit. Cool, uh, let's bring him out. So yeah, uh, this is him himself, let's pl play it through. Today we're announcing new transparency tools so you can see whether or not your photos and videos are recommended in places like Explore. Now we know reach can be volatile. You can see how many people you reach go up and down and over time. And one of the reasons that happens is sometimes your account can end up in a state where it's not eligible for your photos and videos to show up in what we call recommendations. So at the end of feed or in Explore or in other places where we surface photos and videos from people you do not follow. So if you go to account status, which is already launched, if you go to profile, settings, account, you can see it there. And you've historically been able to see any photos or videos that you've posted have been taken down because they violate our community standards, our community guidelines. What we've added is also whether or not your account can be recommended in places like Explore. Because if you have posted things that violate our recommendability guidelines, our recommendation guidelines, which are different, you can end up in a state where you, your content won't be recommended. And you can edit that content, delete that content, or appeal if you disagree. Now this is just one more way we're trying to be transparent about how reach works on Instagram because we know it's important for creators to understand how Instagram works if they're gonna use it over the long run. Just a few steps to try to make Instagram the best place for creators. Let me know what else you'd like to see down in the comments and I'll see you next week. Peace. Yeah, so uh, that was just oh, a my quick sign. one. Yeah, peace. <laughs> <laughs> so just a quick one because I, I know a lot of people have been talking to myself as well, or have been seeing their reach go down with the algorithm, all those changes when they were trying to be TikTok and then walked it all back. Uh, I, a couple people had mentioned, I remember at the time, oh, I think I'm shadow banned. Like that's why my reach had gone down. So I like that they put this transparency up that you can actually see, like, do you have any posts or anything that you're doing that are causing this? And I, I don't think that's the case for a lot of, if a lot of people are experiencing reach go down, I think A, it's the holidays, B, it's just that algorithm is all messed up from all these changes, but you can always check it if you want to. He says it in the video, it's just in your account settings. There's a section um, 
so yeah, just it's there. And then the other thing that I was talking about that they added, and I wasn't going to mention it, but I do think it's interesting, is they added for US and some other countries notes, which are on the top of your messages page, you'll see people with like a little, it's their photo and then a little blurb like, hello, I just ate a taco or something, you know, like some random thing. Um, it's not in the UK and I don't think it's in the EU, but it's, I, I was talking to Curtis before the episode started that I could see maybe you could put like, you know, as a musician, you could say like, oh, new music is out today. Uh, click this to get a link. And then if they click it, I think it opens a message with you so they could say like, hey, send send a link and you could send it over. So maybe it's a little spammy. It was just kind of the first thought I had like as, oh, as a musician, that could be a way you could do it. I don't know. Just a thought. It's a, I mean, it's a good way of doing it. Um, so just to come back to uh, the new rollout um, for the checking the, of your content. Uh, it seems like a nice way to kind of hone in on content that works. If you're looking to find content that works instead of shooting in the dark, so to speak, that you can have a look and see where you're going and see kind of how it is faring, I suppose, which is more more data than what you've got if you've got just got your analytics kind of thing. Yeah. So it's not going to show you per video. That's the only thing. It's only going to show it from what I gather from the way he's talking. It's only going to show videos or something where you broke their community guidelines. Mm -hmm. So like I think that one picture he showed was somebody posting a photo of like uh, prescription pills that I guess goes against their guidelines. So if you had done that and you open that, you'd see like, this is off because you did X, Y, or Z, and then you can edit it or delete it. And then like course correct, so to speak. That's a nice way of thinking about it. Um, and I mean, it's a good way to see where you can go because I mean, if you're putting out content on a consistent basis to try and grow, it's a, uh, it's good to know what, what you can and can't do. Yeah. Yeah, and if you ever notice a stark decline in mm. your likes or your reach or something like that, and you're like, something might be up, now you can actually get an idea if something is actually up or if it's just, you know, algorithmic growing pains or something like that. Yeah, completely. Uh, Tate Williams in the chat says he's experienced this. For me, it was the music. Was that any particular music? Was it your own music? Was it music from other places? Uh, that'd be an interesting one to know. Um, what music was it that was getting uh sparked by oh yeah instagram. that is that is interesting yeah were you putting music in not through instagram's like proper way of doing it i mean we all put our own music on our videos you know not through instagram but yeah let us know Tate. that's interesting we need to do yeah so uh yeah we like to know as well as what you think about the marketing if there's anything that speaks to you um so we have some people in the chat i know that are on instagram and people watching back as well probably as well um, how are you finding your recent growth in Instagram? Is it working for you? Um, let's know. Um, yeah. And just real quick, back on the SP, because I love it so much. Survey Channel said he still got his original SP404, and he thinks that SP just stands for, is an abbreviation for sample player. That original SP404, that doesn't use SD cards, right? Survey Channel, yeah. it's a, another method of um, saving or something, I think. I don't I think it's like that, but... I think the sound is a little different in terms of the vinyl compression it does and things like that. It could work. I was also thinking while you were saying that the SP could stand for some warper plates. Um, <laughs> uh, other people play it though. Yeah, <laughs> I Googled it and some people are saying it just means sampler, sample player, or sample percussion. Okay. I tend to go All with right. sample player. That two words, one starts with S, one starts with P, and uh, it's beyond percussion, right? Because you know, maybe though you're hitting the pads, so it's percussive. I don't know. 
Very much so. Um, yeah, and he says it's compact flash. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, there we go. Um, so, uh, one more segment uh, before we uh, head on off, and that is the round robin. A quick one this week. Um, as I've mentioned a couple of times, and we've been talking about the Ripex, we've been looking at flipping our workflow. Um, I've just finished uh, Marooned, and I was in a certain workflow. I was working from a template. I had an idea, and I was working with the same thing that I was going through, and it created Marooned. Um, and uh, I've been looking at this week how to kind of turn that on its head and try to kind of spark a new form of uh, inspiration, be that uh, a different way of working or be that a new uh, um, DAW or something like that. So I wanted to get your ideas um, from anyone in the chat and from you, Sam Walker. Um, workflow flip suggestions. What could you do a very small thing that in your workflow that would perhaps create something new or would perhaps give you a new idea. For example, um, like I said, I always tend to work from a template. I know templates are quite uh, popular with people, but I, for the entire of this week in Ableton, I've been opening up a blank slate in Ableton and creating the stems from nothing or creating the channels from nothing and going as I go. And that's just forced me to look at different things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, doing? how deep down the rabbit hole do you want to go with this? You know, there's there's the easy one of just like, yeah, open a blank thing or um, what I was saying at the beginning, do a ton of sound design sessions. And usually as our friend Eon, like I keep bringing up, him up because I miss him, but he'll say, yeah, oh, the sound can... design sessions are where you write the best songs because you don't intend to write a song. But like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, just spend a couple days just making sounds, you know, putting drums together making beats maybe um sampling sounds making loops things like that and then building songs from those instead of making your own chords and things like that um that could do it i mean like me i've changed a lot of my day-to-day -day workflow has changed where i make a lot of songs now just in koala on my phone mm -hmm. move it to my ipad so i can it's because i don't use headphones in the house usually but uh i'll move it to my ipad for a little better sound and just so it's bigger and then after that, I put it in the SP. So I'll, I'll put, I'll resample sounds from Koala into the SP and then rebuild the track. It's kind of cumbersome, but it just, it's like reinventing the first idea into like a new version. That's like my current workflow right now, other than for commission work where I'm going in the DAW and making big, huge soundscapes and stuff like that. Okay. So, okay. So you've got a workflow. I suppose what I'm curious about is okay, that workflow quickly becomes a routine is there any way that you can stop that becoming a routine novelty is fresh it's inspiration okay okay so what would you do in that sense so like i just changed to using koala so if i wanted to change it more i would uh instead of using like certain drum sounds i would just make stuff from field recordings first and then build from there or just work in a dog and you know something like that i mean just because it's routine doesn't mean it's bad and you still flipped your workflow already one way you can always go back to a previous iteration and you're flipping it again because you're not used to working in that way yeah entirely i suppose yeah i'm not saying that routine is is a bad thing or anything like that but the idea that if you're just making small changes to something or you just tweak something here and there you can get a new set of results like you say a sound design session where you're unintentionally creating something if something yeah. is created from an unintentional source 
that's sometimes where the magic and the but like are what i'm saying with koala is i mean i'm just watching tv and i just start making a beat like i put four drum sounds in and i just said you know something like that like it's unintentional and i'm just like doing it for fun and then i'll sample that in later so it's just a sample workflow so i tweaked it in that i'm not always working in a debt on the desk with like my hardware i can do it anywhere if i'm bored at lunch or something i can just put a couple sounds in koala and go from there Makes sense. Uh, Hydrophyte is saying that I should probably convert to Logic. That'll switch everything up. Yeah, you're right. I'm I not agree. sure if I, I want to go. I'm not sure if I want to go that far down the rabbit hole. I, th I think uh, you should. It's eye-opening. I, uh, <laughs> I I would. I have. I Logic is one I haven't tried. I've 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 done a tour of them, and I've, I am yet to do Logic. And I think that might just be because uh, I'm still. I've just fallen so hard for Ableton. Oh, well, also in the chat, Tate says, uh, I love sound design sessions. Like you said, Sun Warper, some of the best music comes out of unintention. Yeah, that's actually Eon Lake. Sure. I was quoting Eon Lake. So we're doing like a meta quote. Uh, he, he's on the show usually each uh, week. He's just not here today because Christmas time is rough. Um, Survey Channel also said, I got to bring back the SP, sorry. But it's got some really good grit. Yeah, that's what I've heard about that OG 404 is that it's, it's crazy gritty, like in a good way. Uh, makes sense. And Hydrovider said, or even better, record to two inch tape. I mean, I've got a cassette recorder back mm. there I could send to you. You know, if I you mean, want to uh, pay the massive shipping, you know, hey. I, I would say no. I, I, want, I, want, I wouldn't mind doing more uh, tape stuff. Uh, John Fushante's got a new album coming out on in February. He's got a double album coming out, and that's all pressed to tape directly. Ooh, nice, and yeah. I, I do want to do a thing where I shut myself up in a cabin, just take a few pieces of hardware, and just record to something that is not a computer. Yeah. Um, one it's, of these days. It's really fun to just get away from the computer just mm. in general, like with the hardware sampler or something like that. Those yeah, weird actually. limitations, because you're not used to them, just bring the best creativity out. Yeah. Um, Diamonds are made. So it's very good. So, yeah. Thank you for that very much so. And the guys in the chat as well, uh, either watching back or live, let us know what little changes have you made to your workflow recently that has creeped up and caused uh inspiration we'd like to know yeah definitely yeah uh, anything else any last words no just uh if you are around patrons on sunday like i say we've got our hangout and if you are enjoying what we do come and hang out with us on discord um the community there we love our community uh, as i well as we always say together we grow where we swap ideas and share and uh keep keep everything alive it's good fun yeah, and like I mentioned too at the start, usually on Mondays around 10.40 Pacific time, we will hop on the public chat for a little bit to just talk. Uh, we were talking music and then crazy AI stuff. Uh, but yeah, if anybody just wants to join and have a chat, you're more than welcome to. We're usually on for about 20 minutes on Mondays, but for patrons on Sunday, we'll, I think it's an hour, right? 30 minutes? Hour, yeah, it's usually like that, yeah, so. there for an hour. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It'll be good fun. So, yeah, uh, thank you very much for joining us this week. The chat's been alive, and we've loved uh, having you for your company. It's been lovely uh, hearing what you have to say. Um, hopefully, we'll see you next week. Ah, next week will be a clip show, actually, because we have our break for Christmas. Um, so, happy holidays to everyone. Um, but then we'll be back. So, we'll be back live in two weeks where we'll be doing more of kind of like a let's see what we talk about. Kind yeah, of I was kind of thinking we talk our favorite one or two albums of the year. I like that. Because yeah, I just had a, a late yeah. album of the year like two days ago. I was like, oh, okay. you know, we should talk about some albums of the year. So if anybody wants to join us in, in the chat, list off theirs, uh, their top albums in the next episode. Well, 
two episodes from now. Two the episodes, uh, the yeah. first one we're live again. So 43, I think. Numbers aren't my yeah. strong suit this morning, but uh, yeah, come join. We'd love to have you there, and uh, we'll yeah. talk some good music. We'll be talking 2022, yeah, Alp Top Albums 2022. I think we've got in the docket uh, the lessons that we've been learning from 2022. Yeah, so it's just a uh, wrap-up of 2022 in general. <laughs> yeah, so that'd be good, as we see in, the, as we see in 2023. So yeah, yeah, we'll see you there. Have a lovely week, and yeah, uh, take it easy for now.